you good, brother. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Am I missing other any other announcements? Don't forget to load my PowerPoint. Thank you. It's it's sitting right around there somewhere. Yes, it's on the jump drive. Um, praise the Lord. Is there any other things I'm missing? Robert is leaving. Yes. practice down in Apple Valley. That's great. That is excellent. So as you're, as you're thinking about him, be praying for him also. Amen. We, we, we need to send him forth in prayers. You know, the Bible talks about, and this is just a free, but, you know, there's the, the we read the Bible, we, we read the, um, the parable of the sower and where the sower went out and he sowed the seed along the path and, and some fell along the hard ground, some fell along the, the path, some fell along the, the good soil. And, you know, we've called that the parable of the, the sower, but really I think we should be calling that the parable of the soil. Because if you look at that parable, the sower is the same. And the seed is the same. The seed is the word of God. The only change in that parable is the soil. And the soiler is men's hearts, men's ability and readiness to accept the seed that's planted in them. And so, and, and how does that soil get ready? That soil gets ready through prayer, through cultivation. We need to pray for the souls ahead of time that they will hear the message and receive it so that when they sow the seed, it falls along good soil and not soil that's unprepared. And so that's, I believe, the way to prepare that soil is to be praying for those ahead of time that they will, they will get saved. And there's a testimony I, I, I uh, heard from a good friend who, who told it to me it was in their area. But um, that, that they had teams coming in and doing ministry and they had some, some guys come back at the end of the night uh, one night and they, he, he was out there and handing out tracks. We used to do that a lot down in Hollywood, um, you know, go out and hand up hand tracks, the little uh, things to talk about Jesus. And, and he was standing on this corner and, and just nobody was receiving. Nobody's re- received. He just kept handing out these tracks and nobody was receiving and he was really frustrated. So there was the, the, he got this. Just this idea from God, a Holy Ghost moment. He handed the track to the per- to somebody. They took it, looked at it, threw it on the ground. He picked it up. He ran across the street. There's a lot of people around. Ran across the street. When the person came over, he handed it back to him, and they said, "Oh, thank you." And they took it and read it and walked away. And and he was standing on this corner, on this other corner, and they began to, and he had started handing out tracks just across the street, and people readily received the tracks. Well, we, they found out later, this, uh, this group that was doing the outreach, that there was a church in the area that was praying for their neighborhood. And they were claiming that God would bless and protect the people in their neighborhood and make them open to the gospel. And they named the streets. And when he named the streets, it cut off at that corner. So everybody on this side was being prayed for. And God took them literally. The moment that they came into that area, the demons had to get off of the people's minds. And there was a fruitfulness and a readiness to receive the gospel. And so those are testimonies that we need to pray and that when we do that, good things happen. Amen. I get excited about those things. Amen. 
We are, we're a small group tonight. We have a whole bunch of people out. We have six families that are out there up in Oakdale for a, a, a baby um, shower. And uh, Pastor Jeff's uh, going to be a grandfather again very soon in the next couple of weeks. She's already dilating, and so they had the shower for her yesterday. So there's a few people missing. And, and um, you know, Donna's home probably very tired from, from her day. And, uh, you know, we need to be in prayer Last night in our, in our time of prayer here on Saturday night, we were praying and really realizing how many people are being snatched from this mountain in the last couple of weeks. We've had so many deaths, auto accidents. Um, the, uh, the, the pharmacist at the hospital you know, was found dead in his, in his house just recently. Um, you know, I, I should have really counted them up, but, but people are being snatched away. And we need to really be in prayer, prayer for the families. Um, one of these that happened just on Friday, I believe, uh, was, was a cashier's husband from Riffenburg was uh, riding his motorcycle and he got hit, ironically, by another cashier at Riffenburg's son. So the chances of that. Um, the, one, the one did die. But did both of them die, Bob? Okay, that's I'd heard mixed reports. So be in prayer for these families. Um, we need to be in prayer and lifting them up that God was, would sustain them. And be aware, you might know some of these people that you could go and be the, the arms of God. And, you know, I want to encourage you, you don't always have to say anything. You know, often don't. We, we, we often will say the wrong things. You know, use wisdom. But just go and, if you know any of these people, go love them. And... Um, and see what you can do. And something else I just learned a couple of years ago going through another grief, a grief class that I took. Um, something we say when we are dealing with people who've had loss, we say, is there anything I can do for you? And that sounds really good. And I've, I've said that. And they actually said that's not the greatest thing because what you've just done is you've put pressure on them to think of something that you can do for them. Instead, just go do it. Bring a meal, you know, um, you know, just, you know, just go fill up their car with gas, whatever it is. But, but you know, we want to be the hands of Jesus and be praying for these people. Um, just and, and pushing back the enemy. I don't know what's going on, but the enemy is, is really coming in hard. Amen. Let's just pray right now. God, there's so many people that we don't even know the names of so many of them who've, who've died in the last month, the last couple of weeks. Lord, in auto accidents and freak things. God, I pray right now that you would mobilize the body of Christ. That we could be your hands extended. Father, sadly, it's too late for those who've, who've gone on, who've died. It's too late to pray for them. But God, it's not too late for those that are alive. That we might go in love. Extend hope. The only hope that's found in Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you would help us to have wisdom and, and love and compassion on one another. God, we pray that you would raise up the standard. God, I pray that you would bring in your warring angels to protect this mountain from the enemy and the devourer who would want to come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Father, push back the enemy in Jesus' name. Father, you say that you'd give us authority over the power of the enemy. We take that authority and say, no more. You cannot rob lives anymore in the name of Jesus. God, but instead we, we pray, God, that you would come and bring life. Bring life. 
that is found in you, Lord. God, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 This morning, well, I want to bring a message. It's a little different than, than we have in the past, and so, but I'm excited about it. I've preached this message probably three or four times in my head this week, and so I'm not sure which version is going to come out this morning. And, um, but, but I'm excited about it. I think I just want to start in Romans 12 too. Romans chapter 12 comes right after Romans chapter 11, in case you're looking. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Many of us have, have this memorized. Do not be conformed to this world or to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Father, bless this word. Let it come to life. God, I pray that we would truly be transformed by this word this morning in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. This message this morning, if if we can receive it, if we can understand it and get a hold of it and apply it into our lives, I believe will transform every one of us in here. This message has the ability to transform our present lives and our future lives. I believe this message has the ability to transform the lives of people that you'll come in contact with because it's, it's really, it's simple, but it's revelation. It's something that we as Christians don't always apply in our lives. And I'm talking about a renewed mind talking about that renewed mind. We talk about it. We we ask for it. We we think we have it. You know, the Bible says that when we get saved, that we become a new creation. Amen. 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 And that and that we are are totally restored. The, The issue that we don't understand always is that our body, when I got saved, my body did not get saved. It was not transformed instantly. I didn't get get saved and be overweight and out of shape. And all of a sudden I was in good shape and had lots of muscles. And, you know, when I got saved, my body was still unsaved. And if I want that, you know, my body, my physical body to get better, then there's things that need to happen. Sometimes there's healings that will come. The same thing happens with our mind. When we get saved, our mind doesn't change immediately. We have the old patterns of the way we think. And sadly, for years and years in the church, what we've what we've seen is this pattern that when people would get saved, they would still be have all these issues. And and that's it's hurting people. It's the hurting masses. And you've we've heard about that and talked about that. The hurting multitude. And so we said, well, all these people, they're hurting and and their minds are messed up. And so they get saved. And so we great. Now we have saved hurting people. Right. And so you go, well, you know, we have all these hurting people. So what they need is they need to be delivered. And so we go and we, you know, we we pray for them and they become saved, delivered, hurting people. And so then we go on. Well, these people are still hurting and they're saved and they're delivered. We need to disciple them. We need to teach them. So then we they become saved, delivered, discipled, hurting people. And everything we do, we, we just have never dealt with the hurt. We've never dealt with the hurt. And with this morning, what I want to talk about is dealing with some of that hurt and, and specifically that hurt that's going to mess up the way we think, the way, mess up our minds. And so this morning, I, I pray that it's, it goes smooth. And if, if not, 
forgive me. There's a lot inside of me and I don't want to get ahead of myself. But but what I'm talking about this morning is our stinking thinking. Okay, we so many of us are just prone to the stinking thinking. We 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 don't think appropriately. And and that's what I want to deal with this morning. I want to go to a scripture in 1 Corinthians 13. In 1 Corinthians 13:11. Now, so what, what I'm talking about, and you can put your hand there and then you know, close your Bible, keep your thumb there, and I just want to talk for just a minute before we go there. So many of you know, and we could do this exercise right now, and in fact, let's, you know, we'll, we'll try to do this just briefly. You know, everyone, if you have a wedding ring, would you just look at your wedding ring? Or if you have something that's of sentimental value or something that produces a, a thank you, just look at that for just a minute and think about what that represents and think about... Your spouse. For those of you who maybe don't have a wedding ring, just begin to think of something that is just really, you know, that's, that's an emotional memory. You remember it, whether it's good or bad. And immediately, some of you are beginning to remember maybe your wedding day. Immediately, some of you are thinking about another event that happened in your life. You know, I'm looking right out there. You're holding your baby. And if that's not an emotional event that happened when your baby was born, you know, we have these things that happen to us in our lives. All of us do. Now, something is going to kind of be psychological. And, and, you know, for years, Shan, you'd agree with this. We used to we would run away in the church from anything psychological. We just we, we avoided it. We thought somehow everything that we would discover in the psychological field was wrong and really of the devil. And because of that, I think that we weren't, on, we weren't able to understand how God made us. But God made us as, as really incredible people. When we have an emotional event in our life, it causes a bigger groove in our brain. And that memory will last and it'll grow deeper and it'll be stronger than memories that, don't, that are not connected to something emotional. Okay? So, so you know, even, even looking back, um, in a simple thing, maybe that uh, maybe you saw a car accident one time. Well, you've seen a lot of car accidents. But if for some reason you were scared when you heard the skid marks, you remember that car accident better, even if you weren't involved in it. There was an emotional thing that happened during that memory. And that memory is more vivid to you now than other things that have happened. And that's just truth. So, so just, you know, it's a simple thing. When we have emotional memories, they, they're just a little bit deeper. They're more vivid. And then they will begin to help us uh, things in the future. And so what this morning I want to talk about, I actually have a whiteboard this morning, is I want to talk about our, our brains a little bit. And, uh, you know, part of this message backing up has to, uh, I was thinking, and this is, the, I knew there was something else. This is National Marriage Week. I don't know if you knew that. This is National Marriage Week. And, um, and so, you know, I was kind of, you know, going, you know, should we have a whole message on marriage? And I realized, you know, six of our couples have, have gone. And, but, um, but this is National Marriage Week. These principles will, can apply into your marriage. They already do. But if, if we can get a handle on this, this can change your marriage. It can change your work. It can change everything. But we have a conscious side and, an, and an, a subconscious, an unconscious side of us. And I'm going to put our subconscious in this little, little, little pit. And this I call the vat. And it's not mine. You know, 
years ago, it's been about six years that I saw this and it, and it clicked because I was I already knew this. But when I saw it presented, um, the that idea went, oh, that, that's exactly what I've known, but I could never could never put words to it. So we have this vat, and, and that's our, our unconscious or subconscious side, and this is our conscious side. But when we have an event in our life, it goes into this vat. Everything, our, our, everything that's happened to us are little things inside this vat. Now, there's a lot of negative stuff in that vat, as well as positive. Right? We've had a lot of negative things. It's all in there. Sometimes you may even have repressed the memories and tried to get rid of them. But there's a lot of stuff in this vat. So this morning what I want to talk about is how these things affect the way we live today and we don't even know it. See, this, everything that happens to us today is, you know, there's a stimulus or something happens. As it happens, it comes through our vat and when it comes out, it is not clean. I wish I had a better pen. I'll just write harder. It's no longer pure. It is the interpretation of what just happened. It's not reality. Everything that you experience is, an interp- is your interpretation of what just happened. Now, you know, you're going, well, how, how is that you know, true? So, for instance... I may go up to somebody and say, hey, good morning. It's really good to see you this morning. And that person might say, oh, wow, Pastor Rob really loves me. He came up and shook my hand. And, and you know, and, and I might go up to somebody else and say, hey, it's really good to see you this morning. And they might say, he's just coming up and shaking my hand because I was gone for two weeks and he thinks that I was out partying. I said the exact same thing and they understood it differently they interpreted it differently based on the junk inside of them and they don't even know it happened amen Amen. right right some of our spouses if you have relationships with people this happens with, with this has happened in the past a lot with my wife and i where she has interpreted things in a way that i would go really that's what you think? I said, and, and I would say something like, can I give you a possible other interpretation for that? Is it possible? And we'll go on and talk about that. And you may have, have, have relationships with people that maybe they're bold enough to talk about with you and, or you've done that with them and going, Wait, is it possible that maybe they meant this? And But see, what's happened is, is the junk inside of our vat is we're filtering everything through. And so when it comes out, we're not dealing with reality. Now, if that'll sink in for a minute, you go, if that's happening to me, what have I missed out on? What, what, what is failing in my life? What am I missing out on? I, I was thinking as I was preparing for this about Moses. Moses had some stuff in his vat. And, and because of the stuff that he thought about himself... He didn't think he was capable of being a leader or leading the people into the promised land. And if it wasn't for the hand of God and the burning bush and arguing from God himself, Moses would have said, I ain't going. But we don't always get the burning bush moment to make us do it. 
How many things is God desiring that we would do, but because of our that, we won't step up because we don't believe we're smart enough. We don't believe that we're saved enough. We don't believe whatever it is that we don't believe. And so we sit back and we just go, well, that's not for me. I was told I'll never amount to anything. When I was young, my dad left me and I don't trust anybody, so I'll never get into leadership. I went to a church one time and the pastor had an affair and I I don't trust pastors. All these things are in our vat and everything that comes through gets filtered through that vat. Everything. The Bible, though, says do not be conformed, be transformed by the renewing of our mind. But that didn't happen immediately when I was saved. So our mind has to be renewed. Now, this message could be weeks and weeks long. And we can't hit it all. One of the things, and we're not going to talk about that this morning, is actually the best way to renew your mind is by reading the Bible. See, we get washed with the water through the Word of God. And that is the most important thing. But here's, there is an issue with that. The Bible is still information that comes in through our bat. Even when people will read the Bible, they'll misinterpret it for themselves because of the things in their heart. You know, the vat is, is, is the, the sub, it's the mind, will, and emotions of us. And there's all that junk in there. And so, um, I want to get ahead of myself too much. You know, I get, I really get excited because I have seen the difference when people begin to go, I am not going to interpret these things through this anymore. And they begin to get free. And it gets really, really, really exciting. The, the word for repentance is, is metanoia. And we know that the Bible says we need to be, we need to repent. Repent for the kingdom of God is near. We've talked about this before. And this is going to be one of those, those few Greek words. There's a few Greek words you will eventually know. And this is one of them. It's metanoia. For years in the church, again, and I don't know how it was done, we as pastors preached the wrong definition of repentance. We've been, we, we taught for years and years. And those of you been, we taught that repentance meant to do a 180 degree turn and walk the other way. And that is not what the word means at all. Metanoia means a changing of the mind. To, to come alongside of the mind of God. And it's a, so it's a changing of the way you think. It's not a changing of your actions. We've always taught that that's all it was, was a changing of actions. But I know people who are, who are uh, just more disciplined who can change their actions but never change their mind. So you might look at people and go, wow, they've repented from their drugs. They're at home not doing drugs going, I want to do drugs. I just, I'm a, you know, I, I, they're not. Did they repent? Or did they just change their action? But the changing of the mind is when you begin to agree with God that says, I, those things aren't good for me. They're opposite of what God wants for me. I'm going to agree with God about it. And so there's a changing of the mind. Well, that goes along with this. It's the changing of the mind. We need to repent. We need to get our minds changed even from the things that we were 
taught to believe from experiences. Years ago, we watched a, a cleansing stream video. And one of the testimonies on this video that there was this, this father who, who was with his young son, I believe like 10 years old, 8 or 10 years old. And the son was getting something off of the roof, you know, maybe a Frisbee or something. I forget the exact detail. And as the son came to the edge of the roof, the dad says, son, just jump. I'll catch you. And he says, dad, I'm scared. He says, oh, son, don't worry. Just jump. I'll catch you. Daddy's right here. Dad, I'm scared. Trust me, son. I'll catch you. So the son jumped off the roof and the dad went like this and he backed up and he let the kid fall and hit the ground and he broke his legs. And the father looked down at that son and said, that's a lesson. Never trust anybody. What kind of things are in that kid's back? Standing at the altar, I love you and I'll always love you and I'll be with you forever. And he says, I don't trust you. I don't believe you. It's in his vat. What things are in our vats that cause us to not trust, to not believe, to walk away, to, to be harsh with our kids, to not step up to the plate? We have stinking thinking and we don't even know that we do. And God wants to begin to help us to get rid of these things. I, I believe, and this is a big statement, I believe that when we see people with addictions, drug addictions and alcohol addictions, pornography addictions, which pornography is, we're going to get to in just a second, um, but these things are just the result, these things are just the fruit of having bad stuff in our vat. You know, we try to deal with the addictions, but if we, we need to begin to deal with what's really happening inside, in the heart, in the inner, inside of people, and work to begin to reevaluate. And so many of these things that have happened, many of these things happened when we were young. And, 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 and in fact, some of the things that were so big when we were young that we never even matured past that age. Have you ever met somebody who seemed like they're, they're 12, 14 years old and they're 30 or 40? You go back to that age and something happened when they were young, almost always, Something traumatic, an emotional traumatic event, and it stunted their emotional growth. Now let's read in 1 Corinthians. We're going to tie this part together. I'm enjoying this. Even if you aren't, this is good for me. So just bear with me until 11, 11, 15, and, and you can go home. In 1 Corinthians 13, 11, it says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I thought as a child, I, I made the, the word in the, in the Greek there is, is really to like make an inventory. You know, I, I listed everything as a child, and, but we're supposed to put that away. I put those things away. When I became a man, I put away childish things. And then verse 12 says, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. We, we are so looking dimly into, into the truth, into the, to the truth of, of reality. But so many of these things happened when we were young that the only way we can process any information is through the mind of a child. And children interpret things differently than adults. 
So you had something happen as a child. Let's, uh, and of course, and this has happened. This has probably happened to somebody in the room when they were five, when they were three. Their mommy or their daddy left home and never came back. Well, the interpretation for that for many is my mommy didn't love me. I wasn't good enough. And that's what they have in their heart. That's what they have in their mind. I wasn't good enough and my mommy didn't love me. Isn't it possible that your mom and dad just had a really, really bad marriage? And that your mom or dad, whoever left, wasn't thinking about you at all. It had nothing to do with you. They were just in a horrible marriage and left. There's so many other possible interpretations, but we will take the one that happens at three or five or seven years old and we'll live with it forever. But then that one interpretation, every time something comes, comes up, will begin to affect what we think about. They fired me from the job because I'm no good. And maybe it had nothing to do with that. Maybe it was just there was no business. Can't, can't keep paying an employee if your business is going downhill. What's in our vat? God, we need some help to get rid of our, our stinking thinking. Because of these things, we end up with ants all over. Ants. Boy, I thought this worked. I know it. Automatic negative thoughts. Automatic negative thoughts. You might be in here right now and you might be really a positive person. What's really funny, you might be in here right now thinking you're a really positive person and you might be a really negative one. You don't even know it about yourself. Now, there are people, though, that they're just, they're just positive. And, and when you're a positive person, when you get around somebody who has automatic negative thoughts, boy, it's just such a bummer. As you go, what? why is everything negative? Okay, everyone close your eyes and then raise your hand if you've ever been around somebody who just everything that happened had a negative spin. Right? You know, we don't want to confess on anyone. No pointing, you know. Well, why are there people that everything comes out as automatic negative thoughts? Because of the stuff in their vat. The junk in their vat and they interpret everything through it and it gives it the spin. You are living, I am living, in the reality that our minds have created. We're living in a reality that our minds have created, and it might not even be true. But we just believe that that's the truth. Thank you very much. We love you. See, now we can write ants. They all, they all look at how bright and pretty that one is. Oh, now we can make better dots in there, okay? So I, I'm going to throw up a, a slide up here. Um, it's on a, a per click, so we'll get the first the slide up. This is called the, the Wheel of Awareness. Now, one of the things I want to talk about is that in here is, the you know, it's our six senses. And some of you go, wait, well, it's only five. But as Christians, we have another sense, and that's the Spirit. 
we have another side of us that, that, that people who aren't saved don't have. All of this is great information and it's, it's, there's psychology in it. But the power of all of this, I'm going to put this in now, is the power of the Holy Spirit to help us deal with these things. Okay? I'm not walking away from that. I, I, I live in that. So this isn't something where at the end we're just going to, I'm going to change my thinking. We, we need God to help us. But, but we need to know what we need, we need help with. Amen? So the Holy Spirit's power is so important in this whole, whole thing. But this is going to be called the will of awareness. And the very first thing that happens, go ahead and put, put the first click up. Hopefully this works. It might not. And if not, the first thing that happens is the countdown of our life. And in five minutes, it's all over. <laughs> First, first thing that happens, and he'll get that up in just a second, is simply this. Something happens. Something happens in your life. Okay, the wheel of awareness. So up at the top, we'll go right here for now. Okay, so up here, something happens. Okay, that's over here. The next, next thing that happens to us is that is something is received. Okay. Lots of things happen, but we don't receive it all. But, but it, it's received. As it's received, it goes into the vat. Okay? Something happens, then something is received. The very next thing that happens is it comes out of our vat, and it's interpreted. We don't live in a world where something happens, and then we interpret it. Something happened. We don't even know this happened, but something happens before we interpret it. It goes through our vat. And so it comes out interpreted by everything that's happened to us in our life. So once you interpret it, the next stage in this So something's happened, it's gone through, and now your interpretation comes out. Pastor, he's just judging me because I wasn't here the last two Sundays. That's the interpretation. I'm so angry. I'm so hurt. We get a feeling. Something happens, we receive it, we interpret it, and now we feel you know, feel however our interpretation comes out. The one person says, I feel loved. You know, I'm, I, man, he loves me. That's my interpretation. So they, I feel loved. I feel happy. But the other person feels judged. They feel angry. They feel hurt. Same thing happened. The interpretation was different. Because of these feelings, because of these feelings, we now have some options. We can be angry back. And, and this has happened so many times. I was just golfing last two weeks. The options start coming out. Walk away and feel sad. Never going to come back again. But there's not... A, the options are based on your interpretation and your feelings. So these options, they're limited. They're limited. And so, then the next thing that happens, there we go. 
Go ahead and get the next one. It's choices. Now you're going to start making a choice. Okay? Okay, so I got these options and I'm going to choose this one. I'm going to choose, I'm going to choose anger. I'm going to choose happiness. I'm going to choose, you're going to choose your, your feeling. You're going to choose your response. I, I, I'm going to choose to be a jerk back. Because maybe if I trump his jerkiness with mine, I'll get the power here. Can we say jerk in church? So your, your, your choices are next. You got some choices. That's why I did it up there because I write really poorly. And so your choices, your options are limited. And so your choices are, are, are they're, they're less. And you're going to make a choice based on all this stuff. And so the next thing, I should have been making it more so we, we complete the circle. The next thing is your action. Now you've actually done it. You made your choice. Now you've done it. You do it. Whatever it is, you tell the person off. You get in their face. You walk away dejected. You, you make it, you've made a choice and now you do it. You follow through with that action. Well, then the next thing, the, the, the next step in this is what happens when you do something? You have a consequence. You have a consequence to your actions. Now you're going to live with the consequence of whatever you just did. But the problem is, is what you just did came from a choice with limited options based on feelings to an interpretation that was based on bad stuff in your life. And so now you're living with the consequences in your life of things that you shouldn't be living with because of your vat. Because of the things that you never got a hold of and reinterpreted. This is so important. We're talking about the interpretation of everything. And, and, and this is applied today for the things that happen right now. But you can go back and reinterpret the things that happened in the past. And that is powerful. If we just, when the event happened, if we just prayed right then, couldn't we short-circuit all that? It, I, yes, but you also, I believe, yes, you can, except what are you going to choose to believe about it? How many times have we what prayed? How many times have we prayed about something, but then went back and we never really believed it? We still are, we're, we're dealing with this thing, this mind, and you know, this mind is powerful. And so we need the Holy Spirit to help us be cleansed in this mind, but we need to sometimes actually take some, some action. And, and we want to, you know, have that opportunity. We're going we're gonna to be doing that this week in our, in our life groups. But, but to, you know, we can't do this outside of Christ, but God help me to, to see these things and reinterpret. I want to give a story real quick. Again, I wish this was a personal one. This is the most powerful one I heard. Um, there was a, a man in, in Rwanda. He was preaching in Rwanda. And if you, if you know the story, what happened in Rwanda in the late 80s, there was mass genocide. And it was something like a million people were killed in like 90 days. Or just, you know, the, what's the movie called? I've got it. I've watched it. Um, Hotel Rwanda, thank you. Uh, not, a, not a go-to movie, not a fun movie, um, but a, a, a very sad story. So this preacher was preaching in Rwanda, and he was actually sharing on this same subject in Rwanda, and, and he, he, he just opened it up and said, think back to the worst thing you saw in the genocide, and the place just went nuts and crying and screaming, and, 
Anyway, so they went through prayer and, and you know, this, and this man came up and, and he said, thank you so much. He said, I was able to reinterpret something that happened in the genocide. He says, my brother was murdered by the, by the, 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 the two, 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 the two, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says, but they didn't use a machete on him. And they didn't use a gun on him. They threw him in a deep pit. Well, the interpretation of the deep pit was a big pit that was full of urine and, and feces. And they threw him in alive to die a slow death. And, and, and this pastor, how can you reinterpret that? I mean, he's talking about it. How can you reinterpret that? In, in his mind, in his heart, and he says, and of course he was so angry at the people for doing that. And he says, but God showed me another interpretation. God showed me something else. He says, I always tried to witness to my brother, but he was, he was hard to the gospel. He didn't want to believe and he never accepted Jesus. He says, God showed me that if they would have been shot or if he would have been macheted and died instantly, he wouldn't have had an opportunity to think about Jesus and to receive him. But as he was thrown into that pit and died a slow, torturous death, he had time to make amends with God. And because of that, he's in heaven. The power of getting God's point of view and the interpretation can free us up from so many things. Freedom. Anger is a killer. Bitterness is a killer. And we live so much in interpretations of bitterness and anger because of this. You know, you know, being angry and bitter at somebody is like drinking poison and expecting somebody else to die. Bitterness kills us. And yet, how many times have we been bitter against a family member or, a re- or, or somebody in the church or... A, oh, being bitter is, is horrible and we, we become bitter because of all of these things that have happened to us. And so then, and you get this wheel of awareness, it keeps going on because something happened, we received it, we interpreted it poorly, we have these feelings, we give us limited options of what we can do, we make a choice and our action is, is so bad because of our limited options, we deal with the consequences of that and then it starts happening again and it's often a spiral down because every time it happens, life gets worse and we just keep going around like the children of Israel walking around in the desert. Bad choices based on bad interpretations. We need to be renewed in our mind. Anachinosis, a freshness through God. That's what the word means. It's a freshness through or up. And that means it's a freshness of mind and thinking through God. We can't obtain this without ourselves, but what I do believe we need to work on it. We need to take action and say, God, I've got some junk in my life. If you're not happy with your life, it's because you're living in a reality that your mind has created. We need to go back and begin to get rid of some of this junk. Have God help change our stinking thinking. Because we limit what God wants to do in us through all of this process. We're so limited. I believe God has got so much for us as individuals. 
And we're limited because of these things. And some of these things end us up in addictions. Some of these actions that we're doing and consequences end us up in, in, in our addictions. Some of them end us up where we just we don't feel like we're, we're capable and we just sit on the, on the chairs and don't do anything. Some of our actions and our consequences end up being jail. And we go do something we never were supposed to do. Now, I want to tell you, here's the, this, is, this is so important to get because as I, as I have over the last number of years been going this and thinking about this, I went, come on, there's some heavy stuff. How can we reinterpret that? And, and, and you know, it, 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 sometimes it just gets hard, doesn't it? I mean, let's be real. There's things that happen that are just going to be hard to reinterpret. And that's when, see, we're Christians. So this isn't just thinking better thoughts. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about just think something and it happens. I'm not saying that at all. But there is a power in a reinterpretation. But there are still going to be those moments you go, nobody in here, I, I pray, I watched my dad murder my mom. That's hard to reinterpret. God can do something. And this is what happened to the man in Rwanda. See, he didn't reinterpret that his brother was killed. Well, my brother wasn't killed. This isn't a soap opera where they come back to life in five episodes. I, you know, that'd be nice if that's all we had to do. Why I get to reinterpret it and change what actually happened. What did he say? Because this happened, my brother was able to meet Jesus. Reminds me of Joseph. Joseph, who was sold into slavery, not good. How do you reinterpret that? They were just kidding. Okay? We're not talking about being unrealistic. And he, then he's doing, okay, well, now he's in Potiphar's house, and Potiphar, you know, he gets accused of Potiphar's wife, and now he goes to prison. Well, how are you going to reinterpret that? This is, sometimes it's hard to reinterpret. Gets to the end of his life. Or not to the end of his life yet, but, but Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20. His brothers are freaking out. You know, like that kid you used to pick on, and then they get bigger than you one day. You know, I, I feel bad for the kids who used to pick on Randy when he was like little. Because, you know, you know one, one day Randy will walk back up to him and they'll go, I mean, you know, the fear that, not, you know, his brothers were, I mean, Joseph is the second in command in Egypt at his finger pointing. They'll just behead him. They're toast. They are not happy. And Joseph says, do not be afraid, verse 19, for I am in the place of God. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. That's the trump card that we have to remember and play it all the time. It doesn't matter what so-and-so had against me. God meant it for good. And if you go back in your life, I can go back in my life, and I've had some crazy things happen to me. You know, I mean, I, I was molested multiple times as a young boy. And you just, I've had a lot of, you know, not, not worse than a lot, but I've had some things happen to me. And yet I can look back in my life through all the negative stuff and say God has 
meant everything for good. Because I reinterpret the things that have happened to me and said, because of these things, He's used me to minister in places that maybe I couldn't minister. Because of these things, I had an understanding that maybe I wouldn't have had. Because of certain things happened, physically I got placed in one place or another. And even if those things were negative, listen, it's not that it was a good thing. But God will take that bad thing and make it work for the good. It's the book, it's the, it's the other scripture of Romans 8.28. God works all things for the good. You can't stop there though, church. We can't stop there. It goes on for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. God doesn't work things all things for good, period. The world says that all the time. I hear it on TV shows. God works all things for the good. No, He doesn't. Look around. But He does work all things for the good for those who love God. Because He has a promise to His people. He has a covenant with His people. No matter what happens in your life, God will make it work for the good. Hang on, because you might not see it for years. I mean, years. Amen? Can some of you say, man, there was things that for years I couldn't see the hand of God, but I do today. I want you to be encouraged because you might be sitting here today saying, I've been going through something for years and I still don't see the hand of God. Hang on, little flock. God's going to do something good. He's going to do something good. We have to hang on to Him. And when it comes to other things, let's not fall into this bad pit of interpreting everything bad because you're going through something bad. But let's get God's perspective as we reinterpret these things and say, no, I'm not going to accept those things. I want to live in the reality that God has for me. We need to deal with the hurting, hurting multitude. We need to clean up our minds. We need to be like God who in Romans 4.17, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Call those things even though they don't exist as though they do. This trial will work out for the glory of God. This trial will work out for the glory of God. Second Corinthians 10. I'm going to wind it down here. Second Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. And we use this, and I've done it in the past. We use this a little bit out of context. And we read, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty. And often we'll stop right there and use this about a scripture about binding the devil. I've, I've done it. Our weapons are mighty for the, you know, pull down and cast the devil out. But we need to read on to find out what's it talking about. Weapons, our weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. See? I'm going to cast down strongholds of addiction, of addiction in my brother. No. It says casting down arguments. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We're talking about this. This scripture is specifically talking about our stinking thinking. 
It's talking about how the devil will come in and help to encourage those wrong thoughts. But we don't need much help because we've got all this. We pull down the strongholds and take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. The Bible doesn't say you're a loser. It says that you're more than a conqueror. The Bible says that you're the head and not the tail. Which are we going to believe? We can't believe the things that happen. We need to reinterpret. We need to get rid of these things. We need to get the Holy Spirit's help to get this stuff out of our vat so when it goes through, it's interpreted through the Word of God and through truth and not through the junk. I don't want to live in a reality that my mind creates because my mind is horrible. It's not good enough. I want to live in a reality that my God creates. He's got so much for me. He's got so much more for me than I'm walking in. He's got more in our relationships. So many people in their marriage, they, they, they have these, these conflicts and their fights in their marriage because they're interpreting everything through the stuff that happened before and so they don't even believe that their spouse loves them. If your parents were divorced at a young age, there's a good chance that you think that all marriages end in divorce and there's a thought in you and even if you got married you said well it's just a matter of time before my husband cheats on me get rid of the stinking thinking we need to reinterpret those things and say no my god wants to prosper me he's got a plan for me he's got a hope for me and we got to get rid of these things cast down these vain imaginations and take every thought captive every thought and boy man we some of you have a lot of thoughts we got to get rid of those things. We got to stop, stop playing in the devil's playroom. David says, "Create in me a clean heart." That's our prayer. God, clean out our heart. Wicked things are in there. Mm, Jesus, that's our prayer today. God, I pray right now, even through throughout this room that you would begin to reveal things that need to be reinterpreted, God. Help us to go back and look at those incidents that have fashioned and formed our lives. Show us those things that you want to interpret right now. That we might get a better hold on you, God. That we might get a better truth. We don't want to live in the truth of our interpretation, our feelings. We want to live in the truth that is real. God, for many in this room or for some in this room, God, they think everything is normal. They're living in negativity and depression, but they think it's normal because they've been there so long. They don't think that there's anything wrong with their thinking. It's become normal. God, help us to have a new interpretation. God, begin to show us the life that you have for us. Break through. Break forth. God, you want to expand. You want to expand your kingdom in and through us, God. Take us deeper. Holy Spirit, search. Search us. Create us in a clean heart today, O oh God. Lord, let us be a people who rightly interpret and divide the Word of God. God, let us be a people who are free from the abuses of the past, 
Not because we've just pretended that they didn't happen. But God truly let us get victory as we move forward. Oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As we close, we're just going to leave some worship music playing. And if you want to come and pray and continue or just sit in your seat, let's be respectful of people who God's already begun to move and, and wants to do some things. And we'll go out quietly and, and it's, not, it's warm today. We can go chat outside. But as, as we just leave in an atmosphere of worship and don't be in a hurry to leave the presence of the King this morning. Some of you really may have some things that God wants to deal with today. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.